At home, turn us up. In your car, turn us on. At work, tell others about Talking with Ms. T, the talk show that's giving you trending topics, noted news, interesting interviews, community updates, and so much more. It continues right now. Ms. T. She'll do the talking. All you got to do is be a good listener. Greetings, listeners. For those that celebrate the Christmas season, I hope you had a very merry holiday yesterday, full of love, family cheer, gratitude, and giving. You're listening to Talking with T, and I'm glad you're here like a jolly reindeer. Down the chimney he goes, but even Santa knows that this is the cast that keeps it on blast. I'm Tanisha Baker, and delighted on the scene as I bring you the last edition of 2016. It's December 26th, and if today is your birthday, you share it with vocalist Chris Daldy and Lonnie Elder, famous for screenwriting sounder and a woman called Moses, politician Albert Gore Sr., and TV personality John Walsh. On this day in history, Jack Johnson becomes the first black heavyweight of the world. In 1908, Johnson defeated Tommy Burns in the 14th round. DeFord Bailey Sr., a harmonica player, became the first black to perform at the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee on this day in 1924. Today on the national calendar is recognized as National Candy Cane Day and tomorrow is National Fruitcake Day. Two things I'm sure many of us want to get rid of before the new year. Today is the first day of Kwanzaa, which was started in 1966 as a way to focus on culture, history, and values. Kwanzaa is the Swahili word for first. It is a seven-day observance celebrating different principles. Today starts off with Umoja, which means unity. I will post the principle for each day, including its meaning, on my social media pages, or you can check out all of the Kwanzaa principles on my website, www.talkingwitht.com. For the month of December, the theme has been Do Right December, and you've been encouraged to do the right thing. As you move into 2017, carry your ethics, integrity, and respectable character with you. We have acknowledged that doing the right thing isn't always easy, but it's always right. Each week, I have shared a Do Right highlight in which we look at a story about someone who is doing right by people, doing good things, or making a difference. The Do Right highlight today is about a seven-year-old boy from Indiana who worked to earn money to buy Christmas toys for other children as an honorary employee at a McDonald's. Little Trenton Gardner learned that some families could not afford toys for Christmas. He convinced McDonald's general manager to let him earn money by wiping off tables. The manager, Rhonda Butler, said that he was so determined that she made him an honorary employee and gave him his own apron, hat, and name tag. The restaurant also donated toys for his effort And by Christmas, Trenton donated a truckload of toys to a local charity. The next Do-Right highlight is about a six-year-old girl in Louisiana named Keani Page, who thought her letter would get to Santa at the North Pole faster if she put it in a balloon. 
The balloon didn't quite make it to the North Pole, but it landed 800 miles away in Evanston, Indiana, and was found by Rachel Goffinette. Now, let me stop right here and share a little irony in this story before I move forward. Had the balloon landed about 10 miles north, it would have landed in Santa Claus, Indiana. At any rate, Goffinette decided to make little Kiani's Christmas wishes true by sending her a gift from her wish list. And now it's time for our Monday Minute Quick Bits. I saw the sad news yesterday that singer George Michael passed away at the age of 53. News One reported that Viola Davis is set to get a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and Tupac Shakur is to be inducted onto the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. President Obama signs the Emmett Till Bill, which will reopen civil rights code cases. This legislation will allow civil rights cold cases that happened before 1970 to be reopened. I hate to keep bringing up the violence in Chicago, but I also don't want to look at this as a new normal. And I don't want it not to raise eyebrows or elicit concern. At least 27 people were shot in Chicago over Christmas weekend, with seven of them fatal. USA reports that teachers who sexually abuse students still find classroom jobs. Unfortunately, we have reported multiple stories related to this over the past year and often ask ourselves how these people keep showing up in front of our children. New York man and reputed Klansman was sentenced to 30 years in prison for trying to build a lethal x-ray machine that would target Muslims and President Obama. One of the witnesses to help put this guy away was from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. He had been contacted by the guy for assistance in finding financial backing for the machine that would potentially cause severe damage from a distance. I maybe should have thought about moving this story over to the Crazy Chronicles because this is a bit absurd. Now, there was an awful terrorist attack on a Berlin Christmas market last Monday. Anis Amri rammed a stolen truck into the crowded market and killed 12 people while injuring many others. He was captured this past Friday during a shootout with Italian police near Milan. There were several signs that Amri had terrorist ties, but he managed to slip under the radar, allowing him to commit this terrible attack. Keep it where it's at. I'll be right back. You're listening to Talking With T. You're inside talking with T. All right. So for our last show of 2016, I want to welcome back the know-it-all Professor Jay and our lead investigator, but most often instigator, P.I. Pam, to the show. How are the two of you doing? 
wonderfully well and recovering from all these holiday festivities. Yes, yes. And Pam? I'm doing good over here. Barely making it. My dog's still barking from all that walking I've done the last two days, but I'm home. (laughs) I know, I know. You know, we like to celebrate the holidays, but it comes with a price sometimes, especially if you have little ones or big families and getting out in the madness. A lot of people were traveling, but all in all, I, I hope that most of us at least remember the reason for the season and didn't get too caught up in the commercial aspect of Christmas. But I tell you the truth, it was something else. And you all know the struggle I had trying to get my gifts together the other night. So I feel you on that. Just don't apply for a gift wrapping job at, you know, <laughs> a bell Oh, so you just, so you just want to put my business out there. Well, listen, let me just say this. I had a few little mishaps because I was tired, and I'm sure you know what it's like. Not just to be tired, but I was tired. You know what I'm saying? And so I spent about 20 minutes looking for my last roll of tape, which I had actually wrapped up in a present. And just luckily, something in my mind said, okay, you know, where's the last place you had it? What was the last thing you wrapped? And I was able to find my little roll of tape. Then, of course, you run out of wrapping paper on your last gift and just lay whatever scraps you have on the box and go for it. You know, it's the gift that counts. Next year, go for gift bags. I ran out of gift bags. Oh, my gosh. Shame. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was. It was pretty shameful, but I'm going to do better. I'm going to do better next year. I'm usually not a last-minute type of person, but time got away from me this year. But yet still, we managed to pull it off. So I do want to take a moment again to wish you two a happy holiday season and all of our listeners out there as we head into trending news. So the first story I want to talk about is something that happened locally to us here in Knoxville, Tennessee this past Tuesday evening. A 12-year-old boy was found dead in his bedroom from what was first thought to be a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Upon further investigation, the boy's 13-year-old brother was charged with first-degree murder. So both boys were students at Northwest Middle School in Knoxville, Tennessee, and Chief Rouse, which is our chief of police here, said that the 13-year-old boy called his parents, who in turn had called the police. There are a lot of details that have not yet been revealed in this tragic story because I I don't know what events took place that would make a 13-year-old kill his own brother. And then whatever happened, he was charged with first-degree murder, which we know is a pretty harsh charge. And what I do know is that this family has lost two sons during this holiday season, and so my heart goes out to them. Right, and I'm... I'm Intrigued to find out the motive because, you know, of course, you can have your sibling rivalries, you can have your arguments between brothers, but I really would like to know what would motivate someone, particularly a young person of that age, to kill his own brother. Right, right. Yeah, that's true, that's- and I was shocked by the first-degree murder charge, and, you know, thinking that's a serious charge, you know, I was thinking well, maybe... You know, they they skip like involuntary manslaughter and manslaughter and all that. So kind of make me, you know, wonder if it seems to be serious. But, you know, regardless, there's still those parents, two kids, and they've lost both of them. And the comments 
that the people were making online about the parents and the kids was just ridiculous. Some people are just, you know, just malicious in their words. It just, it was just terrible. Right, right. Well, you know, they say you don't know why a person limps until you walk in his shoes. And I think people who have been spared tragedy or haven't been close to it find it easy to be judgmental. And like you said, use malicious words without really thinking about how that affects the people involved. And a lot of times, family and friends become targets or they're hurt by people's judgments and whatnot because they're affiliated with the person who did the crime. But, you know, a lot of times we look for someone or something to blame when something horrendous happens. And so I can only imagine, I didn't read the comments, but just from previous stories, I can only imagine what people are saying. And I know that when I read the story at that time, there was some talk about the parents being charged, but that hadn't been determined yet. Right. Yeah. So I saw this next story on several media sites, and I think it's safe to say now that the video of the altercation that took place between a mom and daughter from Texas and the police has gone viral. From what I understand, Jacqueline Craig, called 911 after her white male neighbor grabbed her seven-year-old son by the neck, accusing him of littering. We probably need to put a pin in that right there. Seven-year-old right. son by the neck. I, 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 I was about to go something. Yeah, uh, okay, well, hold it. Hold it, hold it one second. All right. I'm going to finish. I'm going to give you all the details and then all let right. you go in. Okay, all right. So Craig told the officer that if the neighbor had an issue with her son, he should have come and talked to her first. Then the officer says, quote, why don't you teach your son not to litter? Craig replied, he can't prove to me that my son littered. Then she said, but it doesn't matter if he did or didn't. It doesn't give him the right to put his hands on him. Why not, the officer said. Now, at this point, I guess Craig became more upset and started yelling. I'm not sure that I blame her. So the officer told her that if she didn't stop yelling, he was going to take her to jail. At this time, her 15-year-old daughter runs between her mom and the officer, really trying to de-escalate the situation. The next thing shown on the video is Craig on the ground, the officer trying to handcuff her while he's getting out his taser. He then cuffs the 15-year-old daughter. The reports say that numerous family members tried to intervene, and Craig was ultimately arrested for resisting arrest and some outstanding traffic moments. So this isn't the first story we shared where someone has tried to go to the police for help, and the table gets turned. And an internal investigation is supposedly going on, and I'm very anxious to see how this plays out. But with the details we have publicly through this video, all of this doesn't seem right. You know, I mean, we can start now, Jay, with a neighbor, and I don't care, black, white, purple, red, grabs your seven-year-old son by the neck for littering, and that's one of those, yeah, go ahead. And that, and that was, that was where I was going to start. You know, most of us grew up in a time where, you know, if we did something wrong, our parents gave our neighbors the, wherewithal the leeway the right to discipline us 
but that discipline was within certain parameters. And of course, with things as they are with the uh, cultural and the racial climate of the country, uh, it, it just, if the neighbor even thought in his mind to grab the child by his neck, it was not going to end well uh, either way, you know, then perhaps he should have really thought about his options for disciplining the 17-year-old. And I, and I agree with the mother. You know, if perhaps if the child indeed littered, okay, say, hey, uh, man, you know, you know, we don't just throw paper down on the sidewalk or we don't litter in our neighborhood. And if, in fact, that didn't work, go to the mother and say, uh, ma'am, your son has been littering and you know, it's not a good look for our neighborhood, not a good look for our community, but clearly we have um, an, an incident of where this neighbor has lost his mind, for lack of a better phrase, because I, I'm just I'm just really trying to wrap my mind around the fact that this neighbor grabs this seven-year-old child by his neck, which is totally in left field and totally out of order as far as dealing with children who, you know, may have done something wrong. And let's even talk about how they not only arrested the mother for, did you say, disorderly conduct? Mm-hmm. Resisting arrest okay. or whatever. Resisting Yelling arrest. at them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Resisting arrest, disorderly conduct, that whole nine. But then they pull up these traffic warrants that don't have anything to do with the matter at hand. And, you know, that, that raises a, 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 a well-arched eyebrow of suspicion. Well, let me say this. And you all know that I pride myself in being professional. I pride myself in being a respectable, contributing member to my community and an advocate for children. But I have said this before. Your children can make you forget who you are. So I can imagine this story playing very differently in another circumstance. I mean, she had the mind to say, let me call the police. I don't know that my mind would have told me that at the time. I mean, I'm looking at my a neighbor grabbing my child by the neck. Are you serious? That The charges that she got are light in comparison. I mean... I don't know that I would have been the one calling the police. Someone else may have been calling the police saying that this crazy woman it has attacked this man here out on the street. I just don't know. I just can't imagine that it would go down. But then when you do the right thing, try to call the police saying basically that man, in my opinion, assaulted that little boy. That little boy is seven years old. Right. And... I don't care, like she said, if he did litter, because he left it to me, I would have tore up every piece of trash in my house and threw it all in his yard and grabbed somebody else by the I'm sorry, I had a vision now. I, I might have went there for a minute. <laughs> Let me calm come down. Back, Let me bring back, it back. Come, come, come back. back. Okay. Okay. All right. So, like I said, I, I'm, I'm anxious to see how this goes because this, it just wasn't right. And the poor 15-year-old, for her to be arrested as well, just trying to de-escalate and, of course, trying to protect her mother. I just don't like any angle of this story. Yeah, it. it I mean, it, it seems as though something so simple, a seven-year-old littering in somebody's yard. So 
And then, he, I mean, it's just crazy. To me, you won't have to worry about that because if they would have, a neighbor would have been choking your child, you would have been choking them, and here comes Mama Lou down the street doing 150, and here comes the Lent Dussie. <laughs> <laughs> the breast of the baker. It wasn't. It wasn't the time to call the police. Chief from Curtis Marshall would have came. But you know, y'all trying to feel too. So. <laughs> well, now, Pam, I'm trying to tell you, you can't put all my business out there on the air. You don't call out everybody by name and everything. We're gonna move on to the next story because this last thing I want to talk about is. Maybe, listeners, you might be tired of hearing it, but just get ready because it's going to be in the news for a while. So I just want to get mine out there. Last Monday, we learned that Trump will officially become the next president of the United States. And I I don't think many of us can get past the shock. The 2016 presidential election was described as unconventional, unprecedented, and unbelievable. And I read this on Channel 7 News out of Miami, and I would say this is pretty accurate. Because after running the scandalous, mean, just like plain ridiculous campaign that had bigotry, name-calling, arrogance, you know, he lied. And he managed to move all past all of this to become the president-elect. And we I don't think anyone could have predicted that that would have happened. I mean, a few people did. But not really. I don't think a lot of us thought, okay, after doing all of that, he had a chance, a snowball chance in hell of actually rising to become president-elect. And since that time, the insanity has continued. And I'm wondering, let me just stop for a second. And I really tried to kind of look through the events that had taken place before and since Donald Trump has become president-elect. But I want to ask this question to the listeners and to the two of you. Uh, before I share some of the other things that happened, do you think possibly that he has some type of mental illness or some actual medical condition that we're not picking up on the signs? I'm not sure that really mentally all of his competencies are in place. Well, now, based on what we saw during the course of the campaign of his various speeches and his behavior, and even from looking at his cabinet appointees, there's something that's that's not too stable going on there. I, I can't really put my finger on it because I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a psychologist, but I know that, you know, there there may be a few ribs short of a picnic, a few sandwiches short of a picnic, but something is not quite adding up. All the synapses right. are not quite firing somewhere. And, you know, I see the Electoral College in their infinite wisdom, and I lose that term, I use the term loosely, in their infinite wisdom decided to uh, cast their votes this past week, well, which aligned with, uh, all right, so... As we now know, the Electoral College has uh, voted, and they have spoken, and Donald Trump is officially our president-elect. So I really question the validity of everything here and uh, the president-elect's emotional and mental stability. So I'm really trying to 
wrap my mind around the next four years because hopefully if we don't have fewer years than that, hopefully that'll be all we'll have to deal with mm-hmm. the Donald. It's funny you said two ribs short of picnic, and it's funny because when I was thinking about him and preparing to share this bit for this segment, I was thinking the same thing. And all kind of analogies, you know, elevator doesn't reach the top floor. I said, you know, one slice of bologna short of sandwich. Not a sandwich. <laughs> you know, sandwich. I mean. With no yeah. yeah. Yeah, I said no mustard. Uh, yeah, with no mustard. <laughs> And I'll, you know, he's not the brightest crown in the box and whatever. I mean, there are many more things we could add to that because I'm just at a loss of words to accurately describe how crazy this seems. And so you mentioned it, Jay, but he has started to place people in, in key positions that have no notable experience or particular involvement or concern for the office he's placed them in. And I actually have a link to an article to show his actual cabinet appointments, and I encourage everyone to take a look at it. But he's also put his family on the transition team. He had to settle out of a fraud case. And then, you know, he said his family had moved into the White House. And, of course, we've talked about this. And his wife probably thought, I'm not going to pack up all my stuff to be moving somewhere temporarily. And I think he mentioned something that the – state of the White House was maybe, what was it, too small for him or he wasn't used to living in those conditions or whatever. Um, wait, wait. And so, yeah. <laughs> something to that effect. Yes, yes. And then he doesn't want daily intelligence breaches, you know. He said he's intelligent himself, so he doesn't need to be told the same thing every day. And that's been the tradition for, yeah, the president for years. I mean, you get a briefing on what's going on. So right. it also seems you want me to stop. I can't stop. Yeah, I got to see this. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to slow out. And, and know, I'm, wait, I'm idea. waiting to chime in. And she was like, and one more thing. And let me tell y'all this about him. And that man, I'm just getting the impression. She don't like old Donald Duck. I was going to mention the fact that he doesn't want the daily intelligence briefing. So let's just say, God forbid, he goes to intelligence briefings every other day. And okay. We 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 the the day that he does not get the briefing, where the people come in and say, "Hey, uh, you know, the people from over here in country X, Y, and Z, you know, we've got this little secret intelligence. You know, we've gotten words they're planning to blow up the United States." And bam, he doesn't get that intelligence, he does not get that briefing, and we're all blown to smithereens. God forbid. We're praying that that does not happen. But as president and as commander-in-chief and as overseer of the United States, I would think, and I could be wrong, that it's his duty to make sure that he does everything within his power to make sure that Everything in the country runs smoothly, that we are protected from uh, any sort of outside forces, any sort of attacks from uh, anywhere else, so on and so forth. But apparently, you know, uh, he clearly does not have the best interest of the entire country at heart. He just wants to worry about himself 
the fact that he is not as orange as he was during his campaign <laughs> and trying to make sure that Comova is laying right. So, no, well, look, <laughs> my concern is beefing with the people from Saturday Night Live. That's all yeah. the time Nothing, nothing important is going on in the world or this country or in other countries. It's always about why they talking about me on Saturday Night Live. And that was nothing funny. And he's on school and got involved with isn't funny and all this crazy stuff. Who does that? Yeah. We know it's hilarious. And I figured out though what they could do to get around that. His preferred method of communication is obviously Twitter. So if anything goes on, if you can just go to Twitter, and maybe tag him or whatever, maybe you'll get an opportunity to make sure that he has all the information he needs. So, I guess but he finished his... Yeah. Wait a minute. While you're on okay. the of Twitter. Uh, okay. Let's, let's not forget the fact that he clearly has spelling challenges because one of his recent tweets uh, had a <laughs> most horrible and most egregious misspelling which graded all of my nerves as an English major and as an English teacher. This man can't feel unprecedented. Okay. <laughs> and when he doesn't have spell check, oh, but he probably thought that red line did not apply to him. So never right. mind. He, he probably thought it meant, you know, you you only have 140 characters used and why is it keep going? But anywho. Yeah, yeah. And I guess he's done with his thank you tour. You know, who does that? Goes on a thank you tour instead of trying to, like you said, figure out, okay, I got this massive job ahead of me. I need to figure out how to effectively and efficiently run a country. But like you said, instead he's worrying about who's talking about him being orange, who's making fun of his comb over, and then wanting to make sure he gets out and greets his fans like he's a rock star. But, and how old is he? Uh, old enough to know better. Okay, all right. That's all we need. That's all we need. And then, you know, multiple reports, including many stories we've shared on this show, indicate that hate crimes and incidents that are sparked by racism are on the rise. And a lot of people attribute that to him, you know, to him basically giving permission or saying that it's okay. Of course, it's kind of a follow-the-leader type of thing. And if he is going to be the leader, like you said, commander-in-chief, and he exhibits all of these behaviors and instigates, you know, fighting and he's okay with this, okay with calling people out of their name, okay with making racist comments, then the followers are going to emulate what he does. And so I'm not sure about the direct tie. You know, I don't know if we have scientific proof yet, but as far as we can tell, there's been a lot of that on the rise since he, just not since he's become president-elect, but since the whole campaign started. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. Because we got to make it until Inauguration Day, and I, I don't want to give him any more energy even more brain time. Is it inspiration because he can't with him in his cabinet? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I just posted an article about that. You know, nobody really wants to participate. They're having a difficult time. 
But I tell you what, that's it for this bit. As we wrap up 2016, I can't wait to talk to the two of you next week as it will be 2017, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say. And I can't wait to tell it. And you know I'm going to say it. All right, listeners, be reminded that you can now call in and leave your thoughts on topics or issues, and your call just may be featured on an upcoming show. The call-in number is 865-409-1170. Again, that's 865-409-1170. Also make note, I'm always looking to share and highlight music from rising artists, and I look forward to more submissions for T's Top Teens and Hometown Heroes. I'm anxious to get some artists and featured guests lined up as we approach the new year, 2017. Well, once again, we've come to the end. But stay engaged by visiting www.talkingwitht.com. I need you to help boost Talking With T in this upcoming year by following the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Remember, you can listen to Talking With T anytime on Blueberry, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, or Google Music. New shows drop each Monday. Leave a review wherever you can. It helps move the show up the charts. Subscribe to Talking with T Daily, the online daily newspaper to get your daily scoop of trending news and find out what we're talking about. On that note, I'll end with a quote. Ethics is knowing the difference between what you have a right to do and what is right to do. Potter Stewart. Support the show where you learn and grow. Next week, I'll be back on the scene as we welcome in 2017. Remember where you heard the word and keep the peace until next week. You've been listening to Talking with Tea.